Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves and won. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Our special guest today is Bob DePasquale, and make sure I got that one right, Bob. Uh, <laughs> founder of Initiate Impact, a financial management firm, plus a lot of other services we'll learn about. But other than being a certified financial planner, I love this description he had. He's an impact maker, purpose-driven founder, passionate speaker, curious author, long-winded podcaster. You have some fun here. We're going <laughs> to learn all about Bob here shortly. Bob decided to start Initiate Impact because he felt that not every potential customer was of value to financial service companies. Because of that, people could not find information they needed. After 11 years working in the space, he was deeply troubled. It was only getting worse as time drew on, and he needed to address the problem. People have asked Bob, when did you come up with the idea of Initiate Impact? He says, while I can't pinpoint the exact date, I know the reason had been brewing for a decade. Eventually, I knew it was time to make to, to take action. Now, I am intently focused on acknowledging everyone's desire for information, helping people get the what they need, and partnering with purpose-driven families to make a positive impact in the world. In the past, Bob studied broadcast journalism in, in graduate school at the University of Miami. Upon graduation, he worked for the radio industry and enjoyed the broadcasting side of the business. Eventually, Bob was led to move to the insurance and investment world, working for a large company for over 11 years. Bob said he owes all of his experience and expertise to that 11 years of employment. They taught me much of the information that people need, but limited my ability to share it. It was incredibly inspiring and motivational. Bob was determined to make an impact, make an impact, an enjoyable and attainable goal for people of all life situations. My impact is low, is fostering impact. Interesting. Bob lives with his wife, Trisha, whom they met on a mission trip. Maybe we'll hear a little bit about that story. They live in Western Florida. They love exercising, traveling on mission, missions, exploring the world, developing positive relationship with the youth from their church family. Bob's also an author of a book called Personal Finance in a Public World, How Technology, Social Media, and Ads Affect Your Money Decisions. We'll definitely get a chance to dive into that uh, a little bit more in, in the podcast. So with all that said, Bob, welcome. It's great to have you on the show. Rich, man, thank you for having me. And boy, uh, I didn't realize my introduction was so long-winded. I, <laughs> <laughs> I should probably be a little bit more humble. Well, I saw you, you also called Mr. Generosity. I could just left it there. <laughs> yeah, probably. I like to talk about generosity. Well, that'll yeah, probably we'll, come up. Well, we'll get a chance to do that. In fact, you know, Bob, our listeners always want to know the story behind the story. You know, you, know, you started this business. When did you start? Were you driven to do this? Was a calling on your life? Uh, you gave us a little bit in your bio, but if you wouldn't mind, uh, walk us through how you started it. Uh, what was some of the decision making? Did you have any fears, trepidations? Was it just like all in? Give us a little bit of the background here. Fears and trepidation are probably two good ways to describe it. <laughs> uh, so my, I have a business partner. Her name is Stacy. And this is the story that I always tell. It's the, This is the simple version. Uh, we were in the middle of a pandemic. 
Stacy and I would typically meet at 8.30 a.m. on Monday mornings in our office here that's not too far from my house. And uh, at nine o'clock, we would have our team meeting. But Stacy and I would connect as the leaders of the team and we would go through what needs to be done and what needed to be accomplished. We had some surprisingly efficient meetings in that half hour. And we were in the middle of the pandemic. We were no longer meeting in person. So we would have a phone call at 8.30 a.m. on Mondays. And I went into this phone call. I had I don't know if I had seen something or heard a podcast or I had this crazy idea that just popped into my head shortly before our meeting. And when I called her, the first thing I asked her was, to say, hey, Stacy, before we even get started, I got an idea. What would you think if we left our company and started our own firm? And honestly, Rich, I expected her to say, you're nuts. You're crazy. Uh, but the first words out of your her mouth were, I think it's a great idea. And my response was, <laughs> what? I was not I was just kidding. That at all. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't okay, expecting that at all. She she had responded so positively. And there's a much uh, larger story about why and how and all the details. But uh, that was really the early stages of Initiate Impact, uh, our investment and wealth management firm uh, designed to help generous families uh, make a positive impact in the world with their resources. And so we, we knew we always enjoyed doing that and working with those type of people. Uh, but we never realized we could create our own firm focused solely on that. And that moment, that morning was so inspirational. And ever since then, that was a couple of years ago now. And here we are about a year and a half into the uh, founding of the company and we're, we're rolling. So it's been fun. It's been fun. Okay. You do, you just jumped and went, I mean, it was it scary. Was it uh, exciting or both? Yes, uh, scary, exciting. I think scary and exciting actually go hand in hand. I mean, I was watching this, uh, you know, I don't know how many listeners out there are, are on TikTok or look at Instagram reels or YouTube shorts, but I was watching this video from this, this account that all it did was show videos of roller coasters. And I hate heights. So roller coasters have never really been something that I've been excited to do. They're very, very scary. But I'll tell you what, man, they are super exciting. So I think scary and exciting do really go together. And it's absolutely true uh, when it when it relates to my business, because I had never been a business owner before. You know, it's been 13 years in the financial industry now, and I've been giving advice to business owners that whole time. So over a decade of advice and time spent getting in the weeds with business owners about their personal finances and also their business finances. Uh, but you know what? It's completely different from actually owning and running a business yourself. And so that uh, excitement of leaving our previous firm and starting our own thing was definitely there. But at the same time, I've been absolutely fearful because I'm going into uncharted waters, places I've never been before. Yeah. As you know, I help people buy businesses. And I always say at the end, nobody escapes escape that you're going to end up being fearfully excited uh, mm -hmm. and it's actually a good fear to couple with excitement so i get it okay but, but it's fairly new to you so um you you probably made some decisions that maybe you enjoyed we'll talk about some of those and maybe some decisions that looking back you might have changed so is there anything that you would do differently knowing what you know now yeah so stacy and i were having this conversation the other day actually if i knew uh, my ineptitude <laughs> as much as I would have when it comes to some of the business and marketing practices, I would have hired some professionals to help us sooner. Uh, you know, we were lucky and blessed enough to have some funding for our business uh, from our previous uh, role. And so I, I had an opportunity to hire some people, but I kind of wanted to do it myself. I'm, I'm a bit of a do-it-yourselfer and I wanted to learn some things along the way and 
try to keep costs low and do that sort of thing. But you know what? It probably would have been more effective if I would have just worked with the people right away uh, who knew what they were doing from day one and probably would have sped up our on-ramp a little bit. So that that's the one thing that sticks out to me now. I think it would have been helpful to hire some professionals uh, immediately and not wait on that. Yeah, yeah, great. Shorten up that learning curve. But unfortunately, we have to learn what we don't know, right? And mm -hmm. sometimes we learn that a little bit later. But you also made some great decisions, I'm sure. You're, you and I have talked before. You're successful what you're doing. Is there any key decision that you can look back on that was really pivotal for your success? Yeah, there's two things. Uh, number one, and this might sound crazy, uh, but we we had quite a few families that our previous uh, team served. Now, we were under the umbrella of our previous employer, uh, so but we we kind of ran our firm like a business but what we realized towards the end is that it was just unsustainable uh we were we were borderline over promising and under delivering because we had so many families and not a big enough team and so it was a risky decision but we, what we decided to do was completely flip our business model and our service model on its head instead of being a mile wide and an inch deep with the people that we served we wanted to be a mile deep and just an inch wide so we wanted to serve one percent of the amount of people that we used to. So instead of uh, doing what maybe a lot of firms might do in, in our industry and try to transfer their book of clients or to uh, you know, basically just change the paper on the statements, what we did was we completely started a new business and, and did not try to do any, you know, for, for non-competes and those sort of rules were, you know, were in place anyway, but uh, we didn't try to recreate our existing business. We started a brand new one. And that was a little bit risky from a financial perspective, but the reason why I'm so happy with that decision is because it let us, we started a completely blank slate, uh, not only from a books and a, you know, and a service perspective, but just from a mindset perspective, you know, there was no linking our previous business and our new one. So yeah. that was the, the number one thing that comes to mind, just start basically starting brand new. And then the, the other thing that I think has been really, really important uh, is being open uh, being very public with our journey. I think that's been really important as well, too. We've, we've developed a community around what we do, and we found quite a few people who are really interested in what we're doing, not only uh, as uh, the services that we're providing to help generous families live out, their, live out their philanthropy, but also how we're building the business as we go. We're pretty open about sharing with people, whether it's on the internet or some of the communities that we're involved in on how to do it. And that has enabled us to get, to get some momentum uh, and assistance from people. The people are willing to help us immediately because they know we're still in the early stages. Well, you not only took a leap of starting your own business, which is scary enough, then you decide to start at literally ground zero by not mm. moving any book of business over. Um, was it a long time you before you picked up some clients? No, actually. So now this is not any like testament to our, our amazing abilities, but within the first week, we had already had someone who, who was interested in our services as soon as we made the announcement. So that was great. Uh, now, and then it then there was a little bit of a lull there. So by technicality, no, we had a client immediately. And by the way, we use the word partners. If you ever seen, hear me use the word partners, uh, we use that in place of the word clients because we want to partner with people in the mission that they really care about. So um, we, we got a partner right away. And then it took a while after that for us to uh, to work through that process as we kind of figured out our brand voice and figured out our marketing systems and figure out what the best way was to explain exactly the services that we were offering. 
Yeah, yeah, great. Um, you know, Initiate Impact, you and I had talked before, you have a unique uh, approach to this business. You know, financial management is kind of a broad term, broad spectrum. Uh, can you dive into a little bit of what your mission is? Because you're looking to help people make a difference in the world. Can you clarify that a little bit for our listeners? Absolutely. So I was having a conversation a few months back and, and someone was talking to me about marketing a financial services firm and, and talking to people about how to accumulate wealth and how to gather assets and how to get better returns on their retirement accounts. And all of those things occurred to me as uh, necessary parts of a healthy, well thought out financial plan. But what they don't do is they don't identify the meaning behind one's resources. So at Initiate Impact, uh, we have the expertise, almost 30 combined years of experience working with people, helping them plan healthy retirements, helping them make wise investment decisions, helping them make sure that their families are insured properly in case of emergency. Uh, so we provide all those typical accumulation or protection strategies that a wealth management firm uh, might advertise. But on top of that, we want to also assist people in helping them give some of their resources away to make the world a better place. And that could be financial resources. That could be influence. That could be uh, pro bono work for what it is that they're already good at. Uh, whatever it is, but the type of resources that they have to give and make the world a better place, we want to help them do that. Uh, and some of the ways that we do that are, you know, we have a visioning process to help people determine what they, what they actually have to offer to make the world a better place. And then once they de determine those items, then we also help them figure out where to give it to. Uh, if that's that could be involved in vetting charities to help them figure out which ones that they could best serve or which ones would help them feel the most fulfilled or finding places in the world or people in the world that need what it is that they have. And then we make that connection for them and put together a program and a plan that's, in our opinion, is not a separate plan from their financial plan. Uh, we put together an entire financial life plan and we put it all together to help make sure that the accumulation and the generosity work together uh, to make them feel good about what it is that they have and ultimately make the world a better place. All right. Use the word generosity. First time. I know this, that's a big tagline for you. Talk about generosity. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I'm going to give, I'm going to try to make a really long story pretty short here, but we just recently had the anniversary. I know we're recording this, this interview in the middle of September, uh, but September 11th, uh, 2001 was a very meaningful time in my life. Um, I had just moved to New York uh, for college and I was going to be playing football uh, in college. And if, you know, when you're 18, when you're an 18 year old young man, you're, Rich, I don't know what it was like when you were 18, but I, I felt like I was invincible. Uh, I didn't think anything could take me down. Well, in a very, very short period of time, I, I was at training camp as a freshman trying to prove myself to my coaches. And I had what I thought was a groin injury. And I used to do these, re I was doing these rehab exercises at one point in the training room on a three-wheeled stool, trying to shimmy across the training room when the, when the head trainer, uh, a little guy, uh, it turned out to be a little guy in stature, but one of the biggest people in my life to this point, uh, called me out. And I was embarrassed to be called out by the head trainer in front of the, the entire team in the training room. Turns out uh, I, I had a more private meeting with him and he sent me to a doctor. And uh, very, very long story short, I was diagnosed with cancer on the day that my parents were flying up to come see my first college game. Now, we knew at this point that they wouldn't become, I wasn't going to be playing in the game. We knew I was injured or hurt, uh, but I had what I thought was going to be another long appointment with doctor's tests and everything. Uh, but the doctor just sat me down 
by myself, 18 year old in a, in a strange place and told me I had cancer. And as soon as I walked out of the room there, my, the phone rang and it was my mom. She was like, Hey, we landed, we, you know, we're on our way to your uncle's house, which is where we were going to meet. My uncle lived up there. And I had to tell her what happened. And my life was kind of flipped upside down at that, at that moment, Rich. And that was a Thursday. Two days later, my uncle's best friend came over the house where we were staying. And he, he was, we had never met him before. Cause remember we lived in Florida. We had flown, I had gone up to New York for college and he handed my parents his keys and said, Bob and Susan, that was my parents' names. He said, I can't imagine what you're going through with your son right now. Here's my keys. Take my car for as long as you need it next week, whatever it takes, all the tests and everything that you have to go to go find and figure out uh, whatever you need. He was there for maybe 15 minutes, Rich, and left and said goodbye. And uh, that was it. I was like, wow. I, I said to my uncle, I was like, that's the most generous thing someone's ever done for me, uh, yeah. that he was willing to just give, give us his car. So a couple of days go by, I'm, I'm at my first college class. I, I had spoken with an oncologist and he told me to go to continue going to class or to start going to class. Don't just do nothing. We got to figure out a treatment plan, but you got to have something to, you have something to strive for in your life while you're going through this. And uh, that was Monday, went to a bunch of doctor's appointments with, with Tim's car that day. Mm -hmm. The following day, I went to my second ever college class. Uh, I was in the cafeteria eating like a breakfast burrito shortly after class was over. And if you remember those tube televisions, Rich, that were like on a bracket in the corner of the ceiling and the wall of a yeah. public place. Yeah. I'm watching the news. Had never, I don't know the news channels in New York. I don't even know the stations. I'm just sitting up there and I'm watching and all of a sudden a plane hits the Twin Towers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. So I called my dad who was back at my uncle's house and he was like, hey, uh, you watching this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm watching. It's crazy. And no, no sooner did we like, you know, gather what was going on. And the second plane hit the other tower and my dad was like, oh no, you better, you better get back to your uncle's house. This, this is not an accident. Um, needless to say, Rich, I, I studied, uh, I have a master's degree in broadcast journalism. I listened to nine straight hours of AM radio uh, on what would typically have been a 15 minute drive from my school to my uncle's house, watching the towers burning in the background, yeah. uh, contemplating my own mortality because of my diagnosis. I ran out of gas in my uncle's neighborhood. We pushed my car into the driveway. And my aunt was hysterical because she couldn't get a hold of my uncle who had been on business the night before in Denver. Finally, that night he calls and says, Hey, sorry, guys, I know you're probably worried about me, but I couldn't get through. The phones are all out. Uh, I don't even know what happened over there in New York, but I'm safe here in Denver. I'm going to try to get a flight tomorrow. And we were like, Oh, thank God he's okay. Uh, but he's like, but unfortunately guys, Tim, my best friend who y'all just met was in the towers this morning and he died. And this it, is the it, Tim that's terrible this, story. This is the, this is the Tim that lent you the car. Yeah. This was the Tim that lent oh. me the car. So, um, you know, I mentioned that was one of the most generous things that someone's ever done for me and, and excuse me. And there were other, there were multiple other things that happened in that period of time, uh, of, of acts of generosity that people did for me, um, given all that was going on. And ultimately I ended up surviving and here I am 21 years later, but, um, that taught me generosity at a very, very young age, uh, how important it is to support other people, regardless of the resources that you have. And so that, that has kind of led my purpose and my prof professional purpose over the years. But what's interesting, Rich, is that I didn't realize how much I could actually live that out until we founded Initiate Impact, because now we're strictly focused on generosity. And it may have taken me 20 years, but here I am, I'm finally using it 
uh, in a professional fashion. Well, that pays tribute to Tim too. So uh, I'm glad, uh, I'm so, sorry for Tim and what a great story and what a legacy he's living in, left in your life. And I'm glad to see that you're carrying that on through your business. Thanks for sharing that story, by the way. That was, that was very impactful. Um, now I want to take a little commercial break. You do have a book coming out, okay? Mm -hmm. Is it out already or is it coming out? It's out. Uh, the the soft cover and the ebook published uh, in December of 2021. The audio book and hard copy will be out shortly. So I don't know exactly when we'll publish here the, the the podcast episode, but the you can get the hard copy and you can listen to me read for like 12 hours straight if you want. <laughs> the audio book uh, will soon be out. Very good. So the title, if I have it right, excuse me, if I have it right, Personal Finance in a Public World? Yep, Personal Finance in a Public World. And it's about how technology, you can see, I don't know if you can see it on the screen here, but how technology, social media, and ads affect your money decisions. <clears throat> um, give us a little teaser. It I noticed... I've noticed in my life, uh, I've always been aware of marketing and how ads and things in our world affect how we make decisions in general. But once I got into the financial world and I would speak and counsel thousands, literally thousands of families over the years now, I've counted that we've spoken with and, and hopefully helped. I feel like we've helped a large portion of them. <laughs> um, but I realized that they're very, very stressed uh, by the, the decisions that they make in regards to their finances. And so more recently, though, especially uh, in the early portions of the pandemic, I spent a lot more time on screens and watching my phone and using social media apps. And something hit me and said, whoa, there's a different way of marketing these days. And, and, and technology is just way different than it was even 10 years ago, no less when I was growing up. And I realized how much these applications and systems affect how we make money decisions. And so one of the best pieces of advice that I that I got before writing the book was it's not about what you know, it's about what you want to know. In other words, your curiosity is terribly important. So what I thought might have been a brain dump of all my financial knowledge, Rich actually turned into uh, a combination of a psychological, uh, psychology, technology, and finance book. So I did a lot of research. I was very, very curious on how these systems, these techn technology systems affect and how they work and how they really, really target you uh, and how it can be very, very challenging <laughs> to not accept at least some of those ads uh, and, and invest some of your money, whether wise or not in different areas. So um, the, the book is a breakdown of various financial, each chapter is dedicated to another topic, uh, another personal financial topic like investing or insurance, or there's a, there's a chapter on cryptocurrency, uh, but they all come at it from the the lens of modern technology and how we can actually use modern technology for good. It doesn't actually have to be bad. My, my research proved or shows uh, that all of these things and like, for example, Zoom, like a, the technology we're using right now can be a great, great tool for us. And so can a lot of the other applications. So um, I don't want to give it any spoilers away. No, but ultimately, okay. I, I, ultimately, I realized the importance of a healthy relationship with technology and a healthy relationship with money. You know, I, I love it. Uh, I have to get a chance to read that because, you know, we are bombarded with information, whether it's in uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, or just TV. Uh, mm -hmm. There's molding, shaping our thoughts. And how often do we get a chance to step back and have a better filtering system as we as we watch all that or are faced with all that? Which leads me into this next question. Uh, you are an owner of a company, okay? You've, you've come out of COVID. You've developed a new business. 
Mm-hmm. And boom, here we now, a couple of years later, we're facing more headwinds than we've ever faced uh, as a country. Mm-hmm. How are you navigating this particular time? Are you, you growing, investing, retreating, pivoting, adjusting? As a CEO, owner of a company, what's going on with you and uh, your thought process to, to stay ahead of this game? Yeah, that's a great question, Rich. I mean, there's a lot of things going on right now, and especially in the investment world, I think people are very, very concerned. Um, so what, what we try to do is we try to try to always go back to our values of safety, uh, long-term processes, uh, you know, preparation, and those things uh, really, really help us find a healthy medium, right? I, I don't think that we can be completely uh, protected from anything going on in the world right now. It's very important that we find ways um, to still have exposure as a business person, right? So th- we still have business expenses. I still have things that we need to spend money on to run our business, um, but we have to be wa- even more wise on how we do that and where we do that and making sure that the, that the, the, the decisions that we're making for ourselves and our partners um, are as safe, if you will, as possible, but also acknowledging that there's opportunities right now in this market to do really well. So we have to make sure that we don't miss those opportunities. And it's possible to do both. I, I really believe it's possible to be uh, to be risk averse, but yet also willing to accept uh, certain op- or willing to take advantage of certain opportunities. Um, and one of the best ways to do that, I think, is always be educating yourself, always be up to date on what's going on, uh, mm-hmm. connect used once again use the internet as a positive tool really it can be used very very well we're wrapping up we were kind of talking about opportunity and i was kind of mentioning you know in the financial world you know people like warren buffett would say something when people get fearful and there's crisis this is the time to dive in and invest uh Mm -hmm. you know it's, it's kind of hard because most people are emotional people and this is an emotional time so it sounds like you follow that same philosophy. Just st- step back, take a look at your values, stick with those, but then look for some opportunities that are out there. Yeah, I think the opportunity, that that's the key, right? So I think some of the best investors in businesses or in the stock market or really anything, you know, anywhere in life, I think when there's crisis, there ends up being opportunities somewhere. Uh, so you have to be intelligent and wise. And I think re- going back to your values, and the reasons and the purpose behind what it is that you do. Uh, never lose those, don't panic. Uh, but then you got to keep your eyes peeled, right? So if you pull back on some of your investments, and once again, I don't mean just the stock market. If you pull back on some of your investments in your business or some of your efforts or uh, you know whatever it might be, you, you, you take a little bit of step back to be a little bit more conservative. That makes a lot of sense. But you got to be ready to jump up when the opportunity presents itself. And that's where you can really see a incremental growth. Very good. Well, Bob, let's close out here. Tell us who your customer is. Define it a little bit more uh, if there's a financial criteria. And then let, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. Absolutely. Well, the best ways to get a hold of me, uh, I'm, I'm at BDEPA, B-D-E-P-A on all the social platforms. Our business is initiateimpact.com, uh, where we work with purpose-driven families well, I apologize to all our listeners. Uh, as we all know, technology uh, it can work really well for us, and sometimes it can cause chaos in our day-to-day lives, such as now. So we lost Bob's connection. Uh, we'll put some information up on the notes in the podcast and how you can get a hold of Bob and also find his book. Thanks for listening, everybody. And this podcast will go live in the next probably two or three weeks. Have a great day.
Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.